Welcome to Trail Talks, a podcast discussing the opportunities students have with career services. And now, from Utah Tech University, it's Trail Talks. Hello! Okay, excited to be here. I have Alicia Booth here. Um, so um, she is a faculty member here on campus. So I'm going to let you do the introducing of yourself. So excellent. Well, thank you for having me, Asha. I'm excited to be here. Uh, I am Dr. Alicia Booth. I have been at Utah Tech University for this is my second year now. I teach communication courses here and I'm excited to now share my story of different careers and how I can hopefully help others make those decisions. Yes. Okay. So um, let me just ask you a couple questions too about some of your background information. So tell me about your story. You know, how did you get to the place that you're at? Did you always want to be a... A doctor of communications? I did not always want to be a doctor. I knew I always wanted to be a teacher. Okay. But I wasn't sure what level of education I want to do. So I actually started in elementary education for my bachelor's degree. Okay. And then wasn't really the level that I wanted to teach at. So I changed my major to business administration. So my bachelor's is in that with a triple concentration in marketing, management, and international business. Triple. Triple. Well, it's concentration, not triple major, but triple concentration. Wow. Um, But it was a wonderful experience. I had a great time with that. And then after I graduated, I ended up moving to Washington State University in Pullman, Washington. And I had a job there in the College of Business Mm -hmm. for four years. And while I was doing that job full time as a recruiter for the PhD and the master's program, I uh, sold myself on the program in a way you could say. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And ended up working on my master's while I was still working full time. But it was actually within the communication department because if you're recruiting for the program you can't also be a part of the program that was one of the rules oh sad (laughs) (laughs) but I ended up doing some research of different uh, careers that were within communication uh, as well as psychology were the two I was looking at getting Mm -hmm. my master's in and I decided that communication was where I wanted to put my interest forth. I figured it connected really well with my marketing um, background Mm -hmm. and the recruiting that I was doing. You have to be able to communicate well with people. So that was how I made that connection. And then after um, my time completing my master's degree, uh, my advisor said that she was really interested in the research that I had already completed and asked me to apply to other graduate programs. So I applied to WSU and I thought, you know, I'm like, well, if they let me in, I'll pursue it. Mm -hmm. And if they don't, well, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing. I love it. I can, you know, do something else potentially with a master's degree. You can teach um, at some universities with a master's Mm -hmm. degree. So... Then they accepted me. I said, all right, I guess this is my next step. So I ended up quitting my job, pursuing my doctorate full time, okay. completed that in four years and applied to um, different jobs for teaching at that point. I looked at both research as well as teaching institutions, but my heart has been in the teaching aspect. Mm-hmm. And so coming to Utah Tech, which is a teaching focused university, was the perfect next step. I still am interested in my research and want to pursue mm-hmm. that too, but This is where I'm at right now, and I'm really happy and excited to be here. Okay, I love that. So um, there are some people, too, that that are listeners that probably will be interested to to learn a little bit more about doctorate programs and kind of how that works. Like, Because master's levels, too, I think a lot of people just know it's a little bit more comprehensive than just a regular bachelor's degree. But what makes a doctorate program 
like so intense. <laughs> so my doctorate program was at a research one university, which means okay. we're more research oriented focused. So it was a different style of doctorate degree than okay. others could be. Um, it was more, again, that research intensive side of things. But from my experience, um, there's the general application process. You need letters of recommendation, transcripts, good standing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also in a way a cover letter, but mm-hmm. it was more like a how to be successful in this program, why this right. program, who do you want to work with statement. Um, and so from that, after you go through that process, for me, um, I was on a teaching assistantship slash research assistantship mm-hmm. for my four years there. So that means that I worked 20 hours with the university and they paid for my tuition and I also got a small stipend to be able to pay rent and groceries and stuff like that. I don't know if all universities do that Mm -hmm. for doctorate degrees, but I know mine did. Um, And so then I would work, I've taught different classes. um, And then sometimes I would also do research for 10 hours, teach for 10 um, in that regard. um, And different projects led to different publications and things along those lines. So working with other professors, being able to navigate their interests can kind of influence your own and what research you want to do to kind of find what has been done Mm -hmm. and then how you can improve upon that research. Cool. Okay, I love that. Um, so, sorry, got a little bit off trap topic, but um, I think it's just there are some people that are interested in that kind of stuff. Um, but today we're talking about navigating career success and what that looks like. And so I think even graduate school is still part of career. So that's, again, kind of why I wanted to bring that in. Um, but it's really just kind of helping you, even you know, while you're in school, right now figuring out what you want to do and then also too how do you navigate what that looks like afterwards mm-hmm. um and so um what kind of advice do you have for people that are just struggling with the balance of all the things that happen because it never goes away even <laughs> when you graduate it's true um so what does that look like for you what kind of advice do you have sure so Within academics, as well as work, as well as extracurricular activities, we should consider within the academics, um, you are enrolled in school, right? You have invested in yourself. You've invested in your education. That's the step you want to take. So I know it's hard to balance multiple classes at a semester. Like I said, my bachelor's triple concentration, I know that (laughs) pain. That's a lot. That's a lot. (laughs) And then also in my graduate degrees, um, you know, balancing work, school, the fun side of things as well. Um, I was the president of our communication graduate association. So Mm -hmm. I was very well balanced in a lot of ways. So have some background experience with that. Uh, Regarding academics, I would say review the instructions, go talk to your professors, see them in office hours. Like I know they want to help you. They Mm want to make sure that you understand the concepts, that you're able to excel in those classes. And when you're in class, be present in that class. Like don't be doing homework for another class because then you were not focusing on that class and you're missing the statement of that class. And so then you're just becoming a vicious cycle of not being (laughs) in the moment regarding academics and that you're investing in that. So be present um, in those classes. Regarding work, um, I know it's not always possible, but try to find a boss that is actually going to understand that you are a student first Mm -hmm. and you can really have that flexibility in your schedule. I know a lot of students that I have um, saying like, well, my boss called me in today and I get that. I know you want to make money. You have to pay rent, groceries, all those things. But again, that try to find that boss that's able to be flexible with your schedule so that you can, you know, be in a healthy mindset when you're in school, not stressing about I have to get to work for the next step. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
And then regarding extracurricular activities, um, self-care, so important. Mm -hmm. My dissertation was on mental health. And so it's really important in, from my perspective, doing the basic, the background research rather, um, that you have some time for yourself, whether that's with your friends or you need time to pause and just read a book for fun. Mm -hmm. So there's not another academic article I burned out on so many of those in my yeah. graduate career. <laughs> but I still love the research, obviously. Um, but find a system that works for you, whether you need to, like, I have to get this article read or this textbook chapter read. Um, and then, you know, after you finish that, you know, go get a bowl of ice cream and take a 15 minute break mm -hmm. or reward yourself by going to the gym, whatever your outlet is. Make sure you also block out that time and organize it in a way where you're still being successful in both school time, work time, and then relaxation time. Right. So what does that look like now? Because, I mean, it's good to kind of, there's a lot of students who are getting into a routine. So hopefully student, new students, if you're coming in, that you're getting that routine in place and that you're hopefully continuing good patterns. But um, when it comes to even graduation, what is that like after graduation? What does that look like? You have your first new job, the nervousness of trying to do well. Um, is it very similar? What is that? What did that look like for you? Uh, for me, my first job after graduation was just like, okay, I just need a job. Like, And mm -hmm. so I came to the mindset very quickly that my first job was not going to be my dream job. And that was okay. Like, yes. I had to start somewhere. That is okay, right? everyone. It is okay. <laughs> it really is okay. We promise. You don't have to like just jump in like, oh, everything is perfect now. No. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but there's value in every position. Um, mm -hmm. Just take each day like you're going to learn something new because you're learning those skills at that new job that you can then potentially apply to a new job. Right. So so take each day as it is, just like you would with school, right? Each class is going to offer something different. Same thing with your job. Within your first job, might not be your dream job, but you're going to learn something and then you can apply it to that next career mm -hmm. or next job. I know it's, it's kind of funny, too, because I remember in it might have been like my second professional job that I had. Um, but it was funny because my my boss said the person who I took their position of, um, she would hear through the wall that um, he was listening to um, like videos and YouTube and like at full blast too, <laughs> just like nobody's business while he's like doing his work. But I can imagine, you know, if you yourself students are doing something like that where you're trying to study or like do work while you're listening to YouTube or TV shows, mm. how well are you going to uh, actually perform yeah. that day? Comprehend and recall <laughs> that information later on an uh -huh. exam or for a paper. Yeah. Some people enjoy some background noise. They can't do just silence. Mm -hmm. But yeah, if it's it maybe it's a show that you've seen multiple times as yeah. opposed yeah, to that's the office for new. me. I could just have okay. that on in the background. See, it's um, friends for me. Is so. it? <laughs> <laughs> but I think, too, like you have to, to look in the stance of maybe like the professionalism side of things, too, for those those bosses. And um, like, what does that look like for them if they're hearing you listen to loud TV show. Absolutely. Consider <laughs> the environment when you are there as well. So um, I think one of the other important things to kind of touch on, too, is uh, building your brand. And so building your brand while you're in um, school is an amazing time to start. Um, so what do you think are some good ways to go about developing that professional brand for themselves? 
Yeah, I think you can do that through extracurriculars, through clubs that you join, um, as well as the friends that you keep, kind of seeing, you know, what their influences are, um, what leadership qualities they have. And also, if you have potentially a work-study job on campus or a professor that you really look up to, kind of ask them, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you can see they're a leader, you admire them. How can you you know, develop the skills that they have if you like want to be not necessarily a mere image, but if you want to excel some of the skills they have, maybe ask them to mentor you. Mm-hmm. See how, you know, they got to their point. Because I guarantee you, they have failed at some point in their life yes. as well. And I'm sure they learn from those mistakes. And maybe that's how they got to that next step in their career. And it's okay to fail. I think that's something else that we need to consider too, that, you know, we learn a lot from our failures, right? Mm-hmm. We know not to make those mistakes again. We can reflect on that and then be able to apply the next steps of like, oh, that was where we went wrong as opposed to like only focusing on all the like, oh, I can't believe I did that. Like, okay, we did that. How do we get better for next time? Right. So kind of back to, to what you said too about mentors. I think that's something that I have always been terrified of mm-hmm. for some reason. And I think a lot of people are kind of like that. Um, just like a couple of weeks ago, I approached somebody and I was like, hey, so um, I, I feel like in my life I need a mentor. Would you be okay being a mentor? And this this cute woman was like, um, what does that mean? <laughs> and I was like, honestly, I don't know. Okay. Um, but what I got from that conversation, though, even like why before I was thinking about that was that every time I have a conversation with her, I'm always learning something. Mm-hmm. And she's always asking, at least for me, it seemed like she was asking the right questions. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that was something that I feel like I I was like, OK, I think I can probably get a mentor out of this. Yeah. Um, but do you have any suggestions when it comes to like helping people find mentors and like what to look for and how to approach them and like what that work together looks like with your mentor? Yeah, actually, I'm teaching a mentorship class right now. Yep. Um, so shout out to my 2710 kids. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, we've talked about, you know, how to build those relationships. And um, those can be formal or informal. Mm-hmm. Like it sounds like yours is kind of informal, but it might turn into a more formal relationship. Uh-huh. Um, but I think it's basically the way that you can find those people is, again, just trying to see from the world around you like Mm -hmm. who are your club advisors who are your bosses who are your friends and kind of ask them you know how they got to that point and you know not don't be afraid to ask I Mm -hmm. think that's half the thing like oh I don't want to be rejected and trust me I know rejection does suck like we've all experienced that at some (laughs) point though but you'll not to quote but you'll miss 100% of the shots you don't take right like you have to take that initial step and then most likely, I think from your experience and from mine as well, mm-hmm. you'll see someone be like, oh, well, I don't know what that is. How can I best help you? People usually want to help people, especially mm-hmm. if you're younger, trying to start your career and you just have a lot of questions. Yeah, I love that. Um, so obviously there's going to be a lot of challenges that people go through. So what are some things that as you're kind of navigating the career and trying to be successful, like what are some of those setbacks um, that you, I guess, have seen in your life? And then how do you kind of, I guess, work through those? (laughs) (laughs) Sure. Um, Let's see. Different setbacks. I mean, I think the biggest one is, you know, trying to figure out, did I still want to go back and become a teacher? You know, I was happy with where I was at, but was I truly being fulfilled to like the best of my ability, something that I really wanted to do, something I really wanted to 
um, take the next steps. And so I think a lot of self-reflection mm-hmm. was important in that regard. I didn't just say, ah, yes, today I'm going to go get a doctor degree because that's a commitment, right? Like <laughs> you got to apply, just you got to do up the and research, know. wake up like today is the day we're just going to graduate. No, <laughs> it was a lot of years of work, right? And so I knew that going into mm-hmm. it as well, um, trying to navigate that career path. Um, but some of the you know challenges of thinking, and it's okay to change that career path and considering you know what is going to be best. One of the things that um, I've told a couple of my different classes is practice what's called free writing. Mm. That's the technical term, but okay. I also call it word vomit. Like just write yes. on the paper for a solid five minutes. Put your phone away. Don't put your music in. Just like write whatever is on your mind, whether it's, you know, something you're stressed about, something that happened in class you're upset about, an assignment that you don't understand. And then you'll see on the paper after that, like where all your thoughts went to. And then hopefully you can read it at the end of the five minutes and see, you know, what um, is truly, you know, going through your head so you're not in that vicious cycle anymore. Mm. And then you can take a next step because you will have been able to put it all out. And then the best part is you can feel better by just like ripping it up. Be like, all right, no longer a problem. You can move forward. I love that. I love that. I know like there was something for me, I would, I grew up and I was a very sad kid. I had a lot of self-loathing. It's sad. But um, what I would do in my journal, it was I would just kind of like word vomit all this like mean stuff about my poor little self. Mm. Um, And I'm not saying like, don't feel bad for me. It's fine. But what (laughs) I learned from that experience, though, is that I could recognize like where my thoughts were taking me. That's Mm -hmm. the point that I'm trying to make is that my thoughts were kind of making this like negative spiral Mm -hmm. that's happening. And I like to talk about the spiral. If anybody's coming to talk to me, I talk about the spiral a lot that we like to get into this insanity spiral where you just keep doing the same things over and over and over again, expecting like a different result. And so really what can you do to get out of that and so I love that thought process too because you can almost recognize like as well where are your thoughts taking you in terms of um, the setbacks are you being a little bit too negative for yourself are you feeling like a victim mm-hmm. um, and sometimes too when we feel like there's people that don't want to listen to us that um, you know if it's like a teacher not advocating for us I don't know mm-hmm. um, but there's ways to kind of overcome that Um, And to put yourself into maybe not that victim role, but to put yourself in an empowerment role Mm -hmm. of taking advantage of what you can do. Absolutely. So I think that's that's a I love that free writing thing. That's that's amazing. Um, Do you have any examples or um, antidotes of people that have um, faced setbacks and have kind of bounced back from that? Sure. Um, One of my friends from undergrad, we were in different majors, but we were in the same dorms. We saw each other all the time. Um, And she was in the nursing program. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, sorry, she was a nursing major and she didn't get into the nursing program the first time she had to apply. Um, And then from that, she went back and she studied even harder. She was already a very dedicated student, studied really hard, but they only had limited seats for that year. And so she applied again next year after taking another year of courses, mm-hmm. having been, you know, knocked down, right? right. You know, like, ah, oh, but I worked so hard. And then to try and apply another year um, again after taking the exams. And she got in this time and she was able to graduate still on time. She was, you know, one of the best students. And today she's running the nursing section of, I forget what part of the program she's in there <laughs> of the hospital, but she's uh, running it. She's everyone's go-to. So she actually reflects on, you know, that extra year was actually something that I needed to not just be like, oh, I'm doing so well. I'm mm-hmm. the best. She's like, no, I needed to be humbled and really work forward on like exactly what I wanted to be good at. Mm-hmm. What's well, kind of funny too about that year 
years that mm-hmm. anybody can do anything for a year. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we went through COVID <laughs> and that was horrible. But mm-hmm. also like I <laughs> I was a DoorDash driver for um, not a full year, but I did that for a while after I graduated my bachelor's degree. And so I think like that's true. Like you can do anything for a year to kind of bounce back from, get experience, yeah. um, kind of relearn about yourself and where you want to go. Mm-hmm. I think that's huge. Um, so what does it look like to from transitioning for you at least to from transitioning from college to a professional career back into university back into (laughs) professional world but also still at a university what does that what did that look like for you well um I don't know I've always been really comfortable in the academic setting and and world um both my parents are teachers um as well and so that was kind of a safe haven in a way so um and even my my second job after I graduated my bachelor's was also at a university right Mm -hmm. so I mean I didn't I left briefly didn't like it came back and was like, this is where I belong. So <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it was very seamless in mm-hmm. a lot of ways, going from academia to professional, not in the academic world, wasn't my favorite, came back, um, enjoyed it, recruited for it, gave kind of my perspective on the value of mm-hmm. education, not that education is the only path or you know the best path. Everyone has their career path, right. and there have been some very successful people out there who don't have um, a higher education, but obviously we encourage that here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, it, it's okay if it's not your path. For me, it was, mm-hmm. and something that I'm very grateful to have had the opportunity to uh, pursue and work towards, and it's the career that... I didn't know I wanted, but after a few years of processing, you know, how that process could look and what I could do with it, it was the best choice for me. Yeah. What are some of the biggest surprises that you found as you were doing all of that transitioning? Is there surprises that you're like, oh, my gosh, I wasn't ready for that? Hmm. Surprises. Let's see. Not necessarily. I've always been on the semester system. I'm familiar Mm -hmm. with, you know. Um, how to navigate different classroom settings. There's always going to be, you know, some different challenges, different classes, different semesters, new classes that I hadn't taught before. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's always been an activity that I'll put in a classroom. I'll be like, oh, that didn't quite go as I thought it was going to go in my head, you mm. know, but I can revise the instructions and, you know, it'll be better next time or, you know. And so as long as I'm also improving each time I teach a class or do an activity, I think that's the best way to go about it. So you're saying it's okay to fail? I am. I really <laughs> am. Even I do it still. <laughs> it is one of the like the worst feelings though when you're like doing you've like spent some time doing a project mm-hmm. and then you like present it to your example of like yeah. doing it to a class and you're like, oh this didn't turn out. Yep. That's like one of the most like uncomfortable feelings. But it feels almost like so empowering. I don't know about you, but like it feels empowering to be like, okay, like I know exactly like what I need to fix now. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one thing that I think is kind of cool too, is that I, and I don't know if you've ever done this, but sometimes when I teach, I'll like actually record my voice talking, um, to kind of like hear myself talk about the specific topics. And that way I can kind of reflect back on like what I've done wrong. Um, and so I think that's, I mean, that's something we encourage for like interviewing skills too. So like record yourself interviewing. Absolutely. Record, Um, practice in the mirror, all those things. Yes. Yes. Um, so are there any misconceptions or myths about, um, the transition that you want to debunk? 
I think the biggest um, thing I've I've said previously was, you know, your first job is not going to be your dream job. Mm. Like I think that's kind of the the biggest one is people graduate like, oh, yes. I can now have my perfect yes. career. <laughs> Things are going to go great. I, you know, worked so hard all these four years. I had a great job that, you know, got me this great interview. I networked. I have this great connection. But, you know, it's still not might be perfect. It might be. And mm-hmm. if so. Excellent. Good for you. But, you know, hopefully your goal is to either, you know, continue to be promoted within that Mm -hmm. um, job or continue to explore the career options. So keep your ideas open. Always Mm -hmm. open. And and I think that's true, too, because a lot of people, yeah, are in that boat of I need this next job to be what I've always wanted. Yeah. And you don't even know what you want yet. Exactly. <laughs> Usually. Yeah. I mean, great for you if you do. If you do. And I mean, that's awesome. You know, I knew I always want to be a teacher, but not at the, you know, what level. So yeah. for me, it was also kind of navigating and trial and error. Yeah. And that's okay. Because I think there's a lot of people too that want to work with individuals. They just, and the thought of teaching maybe in like a traditional role of like elementary is mm-hmm. a little bit terrifying. Um So there are like a lot of other jobs that allow you to do like teaching elements almost Mm -hmm. that you can find too. Um, So what kind of, is there, we're kind of getting to the end of our time, but is there any last um, thoughts that you want to share with, with us today? Uh, Keep moving forward. Stay positive. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Kelly Clarkson. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Okay. Um, So again, I think it's just important to kind of understand that navigating the career path is, is not always what you think it is. Mm -hmm. Um, But there is a way to be successful in it. And again, it's okay to fail. Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of times that we've failed in our lives that we can kind of bounce back from. Um, but, um, yeah, I just am glad that you were here with us today and excellent. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. It's great to have you. Thanks for listening to trail talks, a podcast discussing the opportunities students have with career services at Utah tech university. For more information, go to career.utahtech.edu. Till next time, this has been Trail Talks. This has been a production from a podcast studio.